Hi, everyone. This is Catherine Adams. And Elizabeth Wallace. And you're listening to Binary System Podcast number 290. Wow, only 10 till 300. Wow. Yeah, I know. Where did the time go? Gosh. Oh, no. Anyway, and tonight we don't have a Night Vale episode to recap, so we are going to talk about Laura Olympus. But first, I figure we probably just better go ahead and open with the weekly sit rep. Clink, clink, clink. So... What we didn't mention last week about our little sister Hannah's condition is that she is in the ICU and it is not COVID related. It is actually no. surgery related. And I think that's yeah. all the detail that we need to give about that. But yeah. it is yeah. it is pretty scary. And she's yeah. really, really sick. I mean, she's got sounds like she's got some good doctors and nurses and all sorts of good medical staff there, but she's not comfortable. And it's just been really interesting in a very bad way. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. There's just not a lot more information we can give, mostly because, honestly, we don't have a lot of information. She's in a period where they just have to wait and see how everything's going to turn out, um, which is frustrating because you just kind of want some kind of, like, time period. You want an ETA. You're going to be like, I know we have to wait. I just want to know how long do we have to wait. And they just don't know. Yeah. And I think this is a bad side effect of watching a lot of TV medical dramas because you get this idea that, you know, oh, we've identified what the problem is and now we shall do a surgery and give them a pill and everything will be fine. No, because there's just so much waiting for this to change and then maybe that to change and then maybe bring in a trauma surgeon to try to make things better. It's just, yeah, yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy, right? right now. Anyway, for any of her friends who are listening, um, you know, we've got a group of people sort of disseminating information. So uh, if you're a personal friend of Hannah, reach out if you uh, want more info. Um, We can give a little more info to people directly than we can, you know, out in the world on the podcast to (laughs) complete strangers. All five of you. Yes, all five of you. Right. Anyway, uh, we're just hoping for the best. That's all we can do right now. So we will... um, so weird just like to talk about other things after that like it isn't the most important thing going on right now but uh laura Olympus, which had yeah. an interesting episode today i really liked it i like this one very much now the last episode ended with zeus revealing that he has a copy of persephone's ledger mm-hmm. and he starts telling everybody what the ledger is now and it's a name of lots of humans and it's also sketches and diagrams and things of the underworld and zeus right. says this is obviously her trying to be a traitor. She's trying to undermine Hades's authority. So he confronts her with it. And I thought her reaction was really interesting. Yeah, it was. For one, I had thought it was something about her trying to save up enough money to get them over into, you know, when she went down there before to try and give each one of them pennies so they could cross in uh, Charon's. Yeah, I think it's Charon. Charon. I think Charon. Yeah, but it's not that. She realizes that... In the underworld, and this is for anybody, at the time that they're down there, you have Tartarus and you have various forms of limbo, but there is no place for people who have been really good to go in the underworld. They go to one of those places and neither of those places are very good. So she wants to create something and the people on the forum are going nuts. They're saying she's trying to create Elysium, which is the place for heroic mortals when they die. And I hadn't even made that connection that that doesn't exist at this point in the story. Nope, nope, nope. And that's, she just feels like her powers would actually work to create something like that and that's been her plan for a really long time and i just love the fact that zeus like throws it in her face it's obviously a plot and all they have to do is just 
ask her the question and then listen to the answer because she speaks directly to Hades and they have such a great relationship. She just tells him the truth. Yeah. And when Zeus had confronted her with all that and asking about her being a traitor and she's just looking down and she says, not everything is a nefarious plot. And Zeus says, excuse me. And she sighs and said, not everything is a nefarious plot, sir. And when she <laughs> opens her eyes and her eyes have been red since like that glowing bright red from her powers really kicking in her eyes go back to normal as soon as she says sir like that which means it's not that she was that her powers were taking over it's when she actually gets control when she starts asserting herself with someone as powerful as zeus and now she's in control of herself and her powers and i thought that was a lovely touch there yes it was and what was really interesting was this whole plan that she has for creating a space in the underworld where heroic and good people can go and everything (sighs) she lets slip to her mother that she has no plans on going back to Olympus once all of this is done. And her mother's like, oh, you're coming back home, which is to the mortal world. And she's like, no, she wants to stay in the underworld. Yeah, and Demeter is not happy, but there's not a lot she can do about it. And so Hades steps forward. And, you know, Hades has been interjecting every once in a while, but just to let Persephone talk, you know, because Zeus tries to shut her down or tries to, like, antagonize her and... Hades just grabs his tie at one point and says, shut up, and, you know, yeah. lets Persephone keep talking. And then he talks to Persephone, and he says, "Is he looks at the ledger, because Persephone handed it to her, and that was so adorable, because she hands over this little hand-drawn ledger, and she says, I wanted to put it in a PowerPoint presentation or something Aww. a little more professional. I thought, of so course cute. she did. Just the same person that, like, diagrammed all of her emotional issues on a whiteboard to her therapist. So the girl mm-hmm. is good at presentation. But yep. so Hades wants to know if this is how in the ledger that she sees herself in the underworld. And she says, yes. And I thought he was going to be upset about something. But no, he like takes her hand and he moves her over and then just glares at Thanatos and says, get her a chair. <laughs> Obviously really <laughs> terrifying. And he sits her down and then he confronts Zeus and everybody who has looked at this ledger. Mm-hmm. And he says... Why would you look at something like this and assume that it was bad? What what in the world caused them to do that? And he's like, is it me? Do you believe that because it's me, nobody could ever be that sincere to me? It could never be something nice as long as it was. Because so many people really don't think that Hades is worth any kind of love because he is part of the underworld and that carries this huge stigma. So yeah, that's probably part of it that everybody assumed that if there's a woman going after him, she must be like Minth and she's just trying to get something. Yeah, and also he's his father's son. So a lot of people yeah. associate him with Kronos and he's been trying to get past that for ages and i think that's still influencing everybody but he's oh, honestly yeah. furious and hurt that everybody just decided persephone must be a traitor simply because it's hades so this has been yeah. more an indictment of him than it has been of persephone in some cases but everybody i think also is sort of i don't know it's like they're judging their relationship by their own relationships of course zeus is going to figure that people are doing underhanded things and trying to do stuff behind everybody's back that's how he treats Hera, you know? So he's judging everybody by the way he treats other people. And I'm sure just half the other people in that courtroom are the exact same. I mean, my God, Thetis? Yeah, she's going to assume everybody's got the worst intentions possible. And Hades turns to Demeter at one point and said, 
why didn't you come to me when this happened? You know, am I that unapproachable? I know we don't always agree, but you could have asked me. And Demeter just glares at him and says, I'm sorry, my concern for my daughter's well-being was more important than your feelings, which is such a bitchy thing to say. That is, it's a gaslighting thing to say, too. The idea that if you have a problem with me, that means it's, you know, your feelings are hurt rather than my actions. Right, right. And it's also really skirting the problem. Mm -hmm, I mean, mm -hmm. that doesn't answer her safety is more important than your feelings. No, I think it probably would have still been better for you to go to Hades and tell him the truth. Yeah, which, because it automatically assumes that Hades is not trustworthy. Yeah, exactly. So, but, oh, God. And of course, the episode ended way sooner than I wanted it to. I was like, no, keep talking. I want to hear more what people say. Because I would love to believe that this is going to wrap everything up. You know, they've answered all the questions. It's totally not. No. Zeus is not going to let this fly. He's not going to let this slide. It's going to be an epic episode next week because Hades answers Demeter and says, well, this is isn't about my feelings. This is about me defending Persephone. And, you know, yep. he's in his full God mode with the stars behind him. And the uh, oh, yeah. commenters on the uh, forum were like, Ooh, you know, it's gonna be badass when the stars come out. <laughs> I like all the people who are going, yes, protect your wife. Hades. <laughs> Ever since he slipped and called her his wife, everybody loves that. It's his wife. Yeah, I think some people were hoping that maybe they got married in secret so that she would actually mm. be, you know, under his responsibility. I don't think that happened. I I get the idea. Neither of them would want to take marriage as like a bargaining tactic or a a strategy. You know, if if they get married, it's going to mean something. Sorry, if. When? When, when. Oh, can you imagine? With Rachel Smythe's art, what is that wedding going to look like? It's going to be glorious. I really can't wait. Oh, my goodness. This has all been lovely. but. Ah, oh, yeah. So, and I saw somebody said I have never wanted to do, to do a fast pass more than I wanted to today. I'm like, I know, right? I know every time, but I know I am smart enough to know that if I do the fast pass and read ahead another three episodes, I will be in the exact same boat that I am in right now. I'll just. Uh, but sometimes it's like, it'd be worth it. Yeah, I think, Rachel, if you're listening, and we hope you are, um, if you can let us know when the next hiatus is going to be, I will probably Mm. go ahead and get a fast pass for those last three episodes before the hiatus, just because. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's actually true, because, yeah, that that seems fair. Yeah, because then we'd, I mean, we'd have a big time to wait, but everybody would, basically. So what's three extra weeks? (laughs) A lot. God, I want to find out what happens next. I really want to find out what happens next. No, I know. But that'll wrap up the Laura Olympus coverage. Now, you just finished rewatching something, didn't you? I decided I wanted to rewatch the Loki series. And... Every time I was getting ready to start a new episode, I was thinking, wow, the last episode was great. I can't really remember if the next episode was as good as the last one was. It was always as good. I mean, oh. there were just, I, I wasn't misremembering how good that series is. I mean, I watched the episode with all of the Lokis at the end of time and like the argument and Lokis just talking about all the various things he's seeing and running around and an alligator, which I'm heartbroken to say, didn't even really seem that strange. And <laughs> the um the older Loki, you know, says something and the alligator Loki responds and he talks to him and our Loki's like, wait a minute, that thing's a Loki too? And he's, you know, older Loki, oh yes. And he's, Tom Hiddleston, the way he was just like rears back, okay, I'm just going to go with that. So, oh, <laughs> perfect. And oh so my good. God. And the end of that episode with the older Loki and just shouting glorious purpose. That was oh. brilliant. And I think... I'm sorry, I don't remember the actor's name. I know he was on Doctor Who. 
he was just perfect for that role because when they first had the um, Loki show up in, well, um, the first Thor movie, but also the Avengers. And I remember thinking that that was really cool that they had written such a nuanced character because the Loki from the comic book series, you could play him as Ming the Merciless and it would be right on target. You know, all the scenery chewing, no nuance whatsoever. And that would have been very loyal to the character. And somehow the older Loki, he managed to be the comic book Loki and still have friggin' nuance. Yes, yes, absolutely. And you know what? I just recently found a message that had been sent to, I believe, the Binary System Instagram account by Joshua K, which I am so, it came in like July. It's, sorry, just, sorry, did, didn't see it. Well, I don't use the messenger over on uh, Instagram as much as I use other things, and I don't have them hooked up, whatever. Uh, he said that he really didn't think older Loki was necessarily dead because he had apparently created like a fake Asgard to let it get destroyed mm-hmm. and trick Thanos into thinking that he was destroyed as well. Not, oh yeah, and yeah, so, that's right. Yeah, so I think I think Joshua figures that he's probably not dead, and I'm like, interesting. I would you know? like that very much because I like I that. I, I want to see more of him. I want to see more mm-hmm. of the uh, the young Loki. I want to see more Alligator Loki. I got to have Alligator Loki. I think it was Ursula Vernon who like s- said that we ought to be calling him Croaky or something. Like, and then she yeah. had to respond, "Yes, I know he's an alligator." not a crocodile. I think come up with a better name than Croaky. Yeah, that's perfect. That's absolutely perfect. <laughs> and also, I did actually read the first graphic novel recently in the Journey into Mystery series, which is where young Loki comes yep. from. And I'd be darned, I, I really felt like the, having read the graphic novel, I'm like, the actor who played him did a really good job. Now, that was the one where he was like, he found a key inside a, a magpie or something and had to find the older Loki. Was yeah, that that episode, that <sighs> issue? I can't remember. It's really just the start of like, he's come back from the dead. Mm-hmm. Like the story. I mean, I jump right into the middle of it. And it's, I don't know. I think Thor is being punished by Odin. Mm-hmm. And there's some terrible stuff that's going to happen. And so basically young Loki is running around trying to sort of save Asgard, I guess. But he's still tricking people. And nobody trusts him because they're like, I know you're young now, but you're still Loki. And so we really don't trust you. And uh, uh, Thorley, I think, is the demon dog. And he tricks him. Thorky. Thorky, that's right. Yeah. And um, Hela, I believe. Yep. I think she is involved as well. Mm-hmm. So a lot of different plots and plans and stuff going on. And I blew through it really fast, so I need to reread it. But there's a lot, like at least three or four graphic novels in that series. Right? Yeah, I still haven't, I started that ages ago and I got, you know, most of the way through, but it started doing the thing where you really couldn't keep up with the storyline as much if you weren't buying all the other titles. And right. I, my enthusiasm kind of drops at that point. It's, it's because it gets more complicated and harder to keep up with. I also kind of think it waters down the story sometimes when you have multiple writers coming in and and mucking with things. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I do need to finish that at some point because I did think the invention of the, the young Loki character was great. But now, it was very fun. now that we've had the TV series, it's wonderful because you can do any kind of Loki that you want and you could just call it a variant. It's so perfect. Oh my God. And sometimes they can be played by Tom Hiddleston as well. That's so right. I'm Absolutely. All for that. Oh, but God, I watched the final episode tonight of the Loki series and that kiss between Loki and Sylvie was just oh, amazing. But it was so heartbreaking too because I had forgotten about that, that they kiss, I mean, that wonderful a line where he says, I've been where you are. I don't want to hurt you. I don't want the throne. I just want you to be okay. And they kiss and she turns them around. And then she steps back and says, but I'm not you. And then she activates one of those portals and kicks him through yeah. and then closes it. And then you see she's holding on the temp pad that the um, he who remains had on the desk. I'm like, 
oh, the betrayal that she did that to put herself in the right. But also that I think she felt something. But also she thought this was more important than Loki. Yeah, no, definitely. Ah, Damn it. She's a Loki. She's complicated. Yeah. Yeah. But oh, Hunter, man. what is it, Hunter B-15? I think so, yes. I need to look up more stuff that that actress has done, because especially that scene in the second to last episode where she's in that prison that's like got the glowing red lights, she just looks stunning in that. Yeah, and she's, she and really delivers does. everything so brilliantly and with so much menace. And just, ooh, I like that character. And also Owen Wilson. I mean, it's not like I ever disliked the guy. I just didn't really think of him much in one way or another. He's just a, an actor who has done a lot of things, but my God, did he do such a good job in this. He really did. And I think he and Tom Hiddleston got along together great on set. At least some of the promo yeah. stuff that they've done where they're kidding around with each other. It just looked like they yeah. had a great time. Yeah. And oh, there's so many people who ship the two of them. Oh, oh really? Mobius and uh, Loki? Oh my God, yes. <laughs> Holy cow. All over the place. Of just course. crazy. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to say that there's more people who ship Sylvie and Loki are Loki, but uh, sometimes I think that the Mobius shippers are uh, pretty powerful. I, I voice. honestly think the slash shippers are the ones that are the most fierce. I think they've like traditionally had to overcome the most. So now they've kind of become the default. If there's a slash fic to be had out of something like that, people are just going to go right for it. Oh, yeah. Although it does remind me that, I mean, people were a little upset about the Loki and Sylvie thing because he... Loki had admitted in a previous episode that he's bi. I mean, he, he mm-hmm. almost came out and said that, and everybody was just like, yes, we do it. And then even a pairing between himself and another gender was fine yeah. as long as it was a heterosexual relationship. Like, right. Yeah, I right. can understand people's frustration. I still ship it. Yeah, no, ship it I'm all sorry. the way. Yeah, no, I absolutely see where they're coming from. But oh my goodness, that kiss. Hold and on. that's a big thing for me because I didn't want to pair Loki with anybody before this one because I'm like, no, nope, yeah. he's mine. But now <laughs> oh, with him and Sylvie, really works. No, man. The only one that I ever even slightly thought about pairing him with was that... Um, Oh, what was it? Uh, the the YouTube video that I showed you. Yes, kind of- the uh, the it almost looked like a, a triangle between Loki and uh, Hawkeye and Black Widow. Yeah, yeah. And at that point, I was like, "All right, I'm listening." But that was a really good video, yeah. which I have a copy of. The original creator pulled it down off the internet, probably because Marvel made him take it down. Hey, Marvel, uh, by saying I have a copy of it, I'm totally kidding around. <laughs> Please don't sue me. Honestly, I tend to think it's more. I would almost imagine the person who did the music would have uh, gone after them more than Marvel because I see tons of music videos that people put up of uh, Marvel stuff. Yeah, no, that's probably fair. Uh, don't don't mess with copyright. <laughs> But I guess that's going to wrap us up for the week. So make sure to check out pixelatedgeek.com for all the book reviews, the movie reviews, the comic book reviews, the fan art galleries. We're pretty sure we've been wanting to do a fan art gallery of some of our favorite pieces from the hashtag Lost Light Fest 2021. Oh, yeah. Which is the uh, Transformers version of Inktober, kind of. Um, and I think that's probably going to be next week. I think uh, so. I yeah, think that would be that, the that, easiest thing. That seems more most convenient. And also, I don't want to get too far away from when they were actually posting all those things, which ended on October 31st. So that's probably what we're going to have. So look out for that, all of that, and more, pixelatedgeek.com. And since we might do that next week, I guess the following week we'll probably have Night Vale. Night Vale and more Lore Olympus. All right, well, one way or the other, we will talk to you or post something to you in one week. Talk to y'all later.
the cat is biting me on the floor. Rah. Just perfect. And also, I mean, uh, Clive Owen? Owen Wilson. I, I do that every time. <laughs>